Hey there everyone, my name is Thomas Seggy. I'm the 2019 Prize of Hyde and today I'm joined here by B B Hop. B say hello. Hi. Uh, so B was the 2015 and 2016 Miss Sydney Leather. That's correct, yes? Yes, that's right. Perfect. Now, B, uh, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great, thank you. That's good. Now, are you ready to step into my kink closet. Let's do it. Oh, oh, see if there's enough room for the two of us in here. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start off with the same question that everyone gets um, asked. Tell me who you were before you were a fetish person. Uh, so I grew up in New Zealand. Um, Could never have told with that accent. I know, right? Um, spent a lot of time on a dairy farm milking cows. Love it. <laughs> Um, and also um, had a lot of t time with my mum um, in town, in Cambridge, and we were basically living on the poverty line. So okay. um, I was either working hard or, or doing my school studies and trying to be a better person right from the get-go because I kind of didn't want to get trapped in that poverty cycle. Mm. Um, and I worked on that for a long time and it eventually meant that I came over to Australia and that's when my um, fetish life started. When did you come over to Australia? April 2000, so I'm celebrating 20 years. <laughs> oh my gosh. And a month and a bit, so I'm very excited. Oh wow, I did not know that. Yeah, so the first month that I got here, um, I actually went to the Hellfire Club yep. and that's where my fetish life started. It was so amazing to have such sexy music being played and I think Sveta was on the decks at the time. Oh wow, from that so, ago. Yeah, and um and just the vibe and all of the wonderful sights that I was seeing um and the energy, it was just amazing. Now talk me through um what was going through your head leading up to that night? Something must have been going on. Uh, so the, like the reason why I went there? Yeah. The reason why, or even once you had said, no, I'm going like what went through your head? Did you have any, what were the emotions? Um, what kind of thoughts, if you can remember any? Yeah. So it sort of started when I was working in New Zealand, um, at a restaurant and someone suggested to me that I should go to the Hellfire Club in Sydney. Okay. So he knew me very well. He was my flatmate and <laughs> and I was working with him full time. So he definitely knew me very well and kind of picked up that vibe from me from the get go. Um, when I got there, I felt really at home and I felt very comfortable. And so I was pretty excited to start my fetish life in Sydney, Australia. Yeah. One of the great things about Sydney for me at the time was the, the enormous amount of anonymity yep. that I didn't have in New Zealand. So I could be who I wanted to be, and I certainly was. Wow. So you had the freedom here because of how many people there are around to express yourself? Absolutely, and no one gave a fuck. Good. That must have felt so reassuring. It was very liberating. Nice. Now, back to Hellfire. Tell me about any kind of things that you saw there that kind of got the juices going <laughs> <laughs> thank you <Yeah. laughs> well, some of the um some of the very early memories that i had were um i saw a guy getting rolled up in carpet and trampled so i thought that was pretty out there for me at the time there's a lot of flogging happening yeah 
Master Tom was um, was very persistent that I went up on stage and got <laughs> flogged by him, and he's never done it to me. So I always um, politely excuse myself from that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, just the, the the whole thing about lots of different sorts of bodies there. I felt very comfortable being a bigger woman, mm-hmm. um, and I was tiny compared to now. But I just felt comfortable and celebrated as a you know a beautiful woman. Yeah. In her early twenties, um, getting into the kink scene. Yeah. Um, I do know that uh, Hellfire was one venue that celebrated all types of people, no matter yeah. of um, shapes, genders, all that kind of jazz. Everything. Everything. Yeah. You left that at the door. Good. Nice. Now, after Hellfire, what happened after that? Uh, I started um, seeing women and a little story I was going to share with um, with. Thomas here on the kink closet. Well, you can share away. <laughs> what? Tell me about um, it. So the first sort of BDSM act that I um, partook in was actually got fisted by a woman, and it was the first sexual experience that I had with a woman. Yep. And um, I had a moment of enlightenment, and <laughs> before that, I was seeing men. I actually jumped over the fence, and I'm like, "That's it. I'm done with men. I'm yep. now a lesbian." This was so amazing, and um, and never looked back. Now, do you remember when exactly that was? <laughs> you seem to remember when you came over here. Do I, you? I remember where it happened, <laughs> but um, but I was it was a couple of years, like a year and a half in from when I came over. No, well, we'll leave that place as a secret. <laughs> Don't want to give away all your mystery. Yeah. Back to that anonymity that we need to have sometimes. Yeah. Now, on that anonymity. Oh God, I can't even say it. However, how do you think that is with today's kind of climate? Being um, sort of just acting very freely and not worrying about the consequences. Yeah. I think I think that um, there is always an element of that um, available to everybody. Yeah. Um, I think there's still a lot of underground um, activity happening in the GLBTIQ space. Yeah. And um, and I think that. You know, whether it's a private party or a public party or a play party or whatever it is, that there's definitely opportunity for people to go and celebrate and experience that. Um, I think with the internet, you know, there's there's more events around, which yeah. is amazing. And certainly growing up into my fetish per- person that I am now, um, there was a lot of opportunity in Sydney yeah. during those earlier years to really get involved and, and have a fun time. Do you think there are lots of opportunities around happening now these days? Um, not so much for women and queers. Yep. Um, I think that there is a bit of a gap there, but um, you know, people need to organise it, and it's a hell of a job. So. Yeah, of course. Um, for all those listening at home, uh, B and I are doing lots of Mardi Gras stuff together, and let's just say it's a lot of organising. It's a full-time job. Yeah. Yes. Um, so there is lots to do with that. Now, with back on the internet thing, do you ever feel like there is a um, pressure put on people on, through the internet in terms of uh, being public and kink? I, I think that there is avenues for people to be in the public eye and avenues for people to keep that very private, depending mm. on who they are and what they're protecting. So as a title holder, it meant that my 
you know, my kink life was exposed. Yeah. But I still played in private. Yeah, of course. So I kept that sexuality side quite separate and private. Yeah. Um, and that's how I kind of dealt with it. Yeah, and how did you find that balance? <clears throat> because um, that's definitely something that I'm working through at the moment. So how, how did you manage that? It definitely affected um, my intimacy life in a negative way. And I didn't get nearly as much <laughs> sex as before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, looking back <laughs> on it, <laughs> could you think of any strategies that would have been useful that you sh uh, wish you had have employed? Uh, just, just make sure that you've got, you know, good communication and, um, and like, I was very monogamous yeah. throughout my title year and throughout the remaining time up until my marriage breakdown last year. Okay. So, you know, um, that, that was a... That was a decision. Yeah. And I'm very happy to have had that made that decision and stuck by it. Yeah, good. Well, good on you. Yeah. Um, you definitely worked through it and um, uh, managed the different kind of challenges that came yeah. across it. And I think women in kink and the LGBTIQ space... I think that it's just not talked about as much with women and like for in terms of sex and stuff like that. So it's kind of in the social scene with kink and leather and fetish. It's kind of we're there, we're present, we're visible, but the sex side of it is certainly not anything like the men's side. Yeah. And it's it's like a silent sister for us rather than being front front stage, front, you know, very present. Okay, so let's um let's explore that. Um, what because obviously I'm on the other side of that fence. Yeah. So talk me through it. Um, what what are you seeing, and what would you like to see? Um, I would like to see more um, sexy mixed events yep. where there is sex on premise um, with mixed events, and I think that I think that's pretty challenging for some men. Yeah. But I think that that will be the way of the future. Yeah. Um, what do you think are some of like the uh, obstacles currently facing with that kind of oh, stuff? Oh, just archaic attitudes about it. Okay. I, it's something that I talked about with um, with the title holders in Europe at the um, 2016 title holders conference at yep. Folsom. Yeah. About letting women into events, and they're kind of like, "Oh, but the dark room, the dark room," and I'm like. Just put a sign up saying men only. Mm. So I had a whole lot of women coming through, pissing them off that were civilian women just looking for a gawk. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think that they should be allowed in. Yeah. But if they're fetish women that are part of the community, if there's designated spaces, yeah, absolutely fine for me. Yeah. Have a women's space as well and um, have that opportunity for all people to play at the party and make it really sexy. Yeah. Well, um, you definitely felt like you could see that they had a kind of like a, a, a reason for it, but there's yeah. definitely solutions to combat this. Total, totally, and and you see it as an opportunity, you know. So speaking of that, there. So you spent some Folsom. You've last year you went to Darklands. Now that event has kind of a reputation as well. Now, how was that in terms of the sexiness of the party there? It's ultimate sexiness there. Um, this this year will be my third visit to mm -hmm. Darklands. 
first year I judged, second year, like last year I was um, I was a, a presenter of X Man X X Awards Man of the Year. Yeah. Also was on stage talking about women in the community in a panel, and also hosted a women's and trans non-binary um, yeah. social and meet up there as well, so that people could see you know others that are similar and kind of get a bit of a unity and community together there. Did I answer your question? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Um, but just as a woman at that event and you're seeing all the sexiness happen yeah um did did you being there hinder any of that sexiness no i don't think so everyone was so friendly (laughs) yeah um and yeah everyone was so friendly and welcoming they knew a lot of them knew who i was um in terms of like in the vip areas because i've been there before and i felt very welcomed and it felt like I had a place and for me that was really important yeah. and I had a lot of I have a lot of friends going along and I'm looking forward to catching up with them this year again but I felt I, I was welcomed and I had a place and I think that's um, that's just beautiful it makes me want to go back and how did you feel welcomed oh, everyone just had open arms people would come up and talk to me um, strangers would come up and talk to me and they'd ask for my photo yeah and um and they were just really lovely people wanting to celebrate fetish and kink, and that's what it's all about. It's not hard. Yeah. Um. So, on that experience, how important do you think it is to be promoting welcoming spaces for kinkers? It's vital. Otherwise, we'll lose our space. Exactly. Lose our community and lose our space. Now, before we exit Darklands, is there anything? you would like to share with the listeners um, regards to Darklands for 2020? Um, If you're going over, have a bloody good time and I'll see you there. Are you doing anything special there at all? I'm judging again. (laughs) And what are you judging? Sorry. (laughs) I'm judging um, Mr. Belgium Leather again. They've asked me to do it the second time. They kind of bent the rules for me. Um, But the reason being that I'm the first female um, member of Belgium Leather and Fetish. Yeah. It's also actually meant that I'm a member of ECMC, which is something that I've wanted to be for a very long time. And it was a bit of a celebratory moment for me to actually get that patch. Nice. So I'll be wearing that for Mardi Gras and um, and when I go over to Darklands again this year. Well, I can't wait to see those patch, that patch um, yeah. and um, to help you celebrate that as well. Thank you. Now, so, B, I think that is all the time we have for today. Um, before we exit the kink closet, do you have any advice to especially um, uh, those on the fence about kink? Get involved. Just start start slow. Um, network, network the hell out of the community. Yeah. Just be open to lots of conversations and... Um, and have have some fun with it. Good. Some good, safe fun. Fun is always important and vital. Yes. Now, B, now it's time to step out of the closet together. How do you feel? I feel great. Thank you very much for this opportunity. No worries. Thank you for coming into my closet and then coming out again with me. <laughs> all right, everyone. Uh, so that's all the time we have for today. And I look forward to your listening to the next episode. Thank you.